Mr. Powell, the song just ended. I heard you. Now, let me ask you a question. Is the guy singing the song, is he saying, live by your face? Is that what he's saying in the words? Live by your face? Yes. Okay, because I... It didn't make sense to me before, but now I understand the concept of living by your face. face yeah. Okay. So like face it. All right. Okay. No. Huh? No. No. Well, irregardless, there's no such word as irregardless. Uh, regardless. Regardless, <laughs> <laughs> live by your face is available on iTunes. Uh you can stream it on Spotify, Napster, Deezer, whatever, Spotify. everywhere. I, I, it's just everywhere. It's on Amazon. You can buy Amazon, YouTube. Come on. And then you can just like listen to it for yourself and see if the guy's saying live by your face or live by your faith. I think it's face. I'm not sure. Okay. <laughs> then at the end of this broadcast, if I remember, I'm going to play a new song <gasps> written by the same dude. It's good. It's called uh, All That's Left Now. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. It debuted, it debuted on the Monday show, but I'm going to give it to a little Freedom Friday people here. It's basically about that mountain made of fire crashing on the earth. So it's one of, it's one of the positive songs that this guy writes. He's uh, very like positive. positive. Yeah. yeah. He just he's full of love and positive and flowers and, and sees uni, uni, uh, unicorns everywhere. Rainbow mm -hmm. unicorns. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Amazing. Okay. Um. Okay, Mr. Powell, we'll give um, a scripture, Wolves. and we're gonna go right. We're gonna go right into it, man. All right, I'm going to read from Psalm 106. Now it's a very long um, um, scripture, but I'm only oh. gonna pick out certain verses. Oh, sure. Okay. Okay. Cool. I'm going to read verse six first. Well, anyways, I won't tell you what verses I'm reading. I'm just gonna read what just, I have here. Okay. Yeah. Okay. We have sinned with our fathers. We have committed iniquity. We have done wickedly. They made a calf in Horeb and worshipped the molten image. Thus they changed their glory into the similitude of an ox that eateth grass. They forgot God, their Savior, which had gone great, had done great things in Egypt, wondrous works in the hand, land of Ham, and terrible things by the Red Sea. Yea, they despised the pleasant land, they believed not his word. But murmured in their tents, and hearkened not unto the voice of the Lord. Therefore he lifted up his hand against them, to overthrow them in the wilderness, to overthrow their seed also among the nations, and to scatter them in the lands. They joined themselves unto also unto Balpeor, and ate the sacrifices of the dead. Thus they provoked him to anger, and their inventions, and the plague break in upon them. They did not destroy the nations concerning whom the Lord commanded them, but were mingled among the heathen and learned their works, and they served their idols, which were a snare unto them. Yea, they sacrificed their sons and their daughters unto devils, and shed innocent blood, even the blood of their sons and of their daughters, whom they sacrificed unto the idols of Canaan, and the land was polluted with blood. Thus were they defiled with their own works, and went a-whoring with their own inventions. Therefore was the wrath of the Lord kindled against his people, insomuch that he abhorred his own inheritance. And he gave them into the hand of the heathen, and they that hated them ruled over them. Their enemies also oppressed them, and they were brought into subjection under their hand. That was good. I like the... the um your the little snippet yeah the summary of it all very nice mr brown thank you mr brown you're pretty smart all right we're going to talk about some crazy stuff as usual and uh this is pretty interesting in the paper on thursday came out this story about uh, the uh, ancient aztecs the aztecas uh, where Mexico City now is sitting, the old mm -hmm. ancient Aztec ruins of uh, the Nachoclan or something like that. And uh, we know from history through archaeological digs and stuff that there was human sacrifice involved in the Aztecas, the Mexicas back then. 
And uh, they found, you know, a, a lot of evidence of that and skulls and things like that. Well, I guess recently here they've dug even deeper and they have found a whole, whole lot more. The skull tower. More. Yeah. Basically, Mexico City really sits on just, um, uh, well, it used to be a lake, but it, it just sits on a pool of blood. <laughs> mm-hmm. You know, the reason why this story is important for Freedom Friday is to show you that they were Ophites. Ophites. That's the, an Ophite is someone who worships the serpent. Mm-hmm. Ophite. Ophelotrelia. We Serp- did a study on that. Yes, we did whole shows on that, whole series on serpent worship throughout history. Fascinating. Look it up somewhere on our podcast. And uh, fascinating uh, history about different cultures and how they worship the serpent mm-hmm. going you know, all the way back to the garden, obviously, right? Right. And so they're, it's, they're called Ophites. Um, and that's what these these... Aztecs, these ancient Aztecs, these Mexicas were, they worshiped uh, Quetzalcoatl was the feathered serpent, mm-hmm. you know, so you could picture um, a, a serpent, you know, with wings or angel wings or, you know, that type of thing. That's what they worshiped. Uh, the Mayans worshiped Kukulkan, same thing, was a feathered serpent. So it's, it goes way back when, but anyway, this article talks about this archaeological dig and some of the uh, more details that they've kind of discovered mm-hmm. and it's called the full horror quite a title the full horror of the aztec skull tower is revealed archaeologists say thousands of human sacrifices had their still beating hearts cut out before their heads were ser- severed and added to a monument the size of a basketball court Wow. archaeologists previously found 650 skulls in Aztec capital, Denachetran, which is now Mexico City. But new research shows the find was just a part of a massive array of once was thousands of skulls. Mm. And then they have new details about the gory rituals have also, also been revealed, including turning skulls into masks. Mm-hmm. I used to have um, some really good books. They were, I forgot even who wrote them. I had to get rid of all that stuff though when I got saved. Yeah. Because I used to, this stuff used to fascinate me. I used to follow this stuff. I loved this kind of history. But um, it's have some books that would talk about, you know, the conquistadors and stuff. They documented a lot of uh, the stuff that they, they saw. Mm-hmm. But one of the things the Aztecs used to do is they would skin their victims and they would actually wear the skin. Yeah. And they would wear their faces, their like masks on their faces. It would faces. be like gaining power. Yeah. Right? And there's some bizarre stories of them doing rituals. Um, one guy who, who was writing a story uh, was was at a ritual and noticed this little figure in the corner. This <laughs> this little person in the corner. And when he looked, it looked like his daughter. Oh, and it it had been his daughter. And the, the little guy, the little priest or whatever, had slit her skin and was wearing it. Yeah. So, you know, Ophite, serpent worship, and that's what they do, right? And they, they still do that. Yeah, they do that, and they pretend like they're angels of light and give you false doctrine and false hope and false teaching. And it's um, it's it's a satanic world because the god of this world is Lucifer. It's a fallen angel. He's the god of this world. He's the one that's created this illusion, this matrix we live in. Mm-hmm. Not Yahweh. <laughs> Yahweh mm-hmm. created the world, the earth creation but the social system is lucifer's that's right and don't think for one moment that it's not mm-hmm. it's his he is the boss here these people the aztecs in ancient times worshipped that serpent because they felt the sacrifice the human sacrifice would keep humanity going mm-hmm. i know it's you'd go what what about the humanity of the people that you're killing Ah, uh, they're expendable. So it's the same thing today. If you're a celebrity, high-ranking politician, you know, high-ranking CEO, making a lot of money, you're in the world, you have to do these sacrifices one way or another, either through war, sending your kids off to war, whatever. You have to do these sacrifices one way or another to keep your, your system going. Mm-hmm. Because the serpent god, the feathered reptilian requires it. That's right. 
Okay, so they found, the uh, National Institute of Anthropology in Mexico found a gruesome trophy rack near the site of a temple called the Templo Mayor. Mm. Mayor. One of the main temples in the Aztec capital, Tenochtitlan, which became Mexico City. And it's just the tip of the iceberg. Now they found what they call uh, bigger pieces of the skull tower. And uh, there's pictures of it here. You can find it on our Facebook page or just Google, um, you know, Aztec Skull Tower. I think Daily Mail is the one who's reporting on this. They got Mm -hmm. videos and pictures of these uh, skulls. And what they would do is uh, after they skinned them and took the meat and flesh, you know, from them, they drilled these holes on both sides like of the temple. And so they could put a big rod in there and then they'd have them up as a rack. And then once they got old... And started deteriorating, they would either take them and mix them in a powder to make buildings, mortars, you know, uh, Mm -hmm. for, um, you know, uh, their temples. Or they would actually make the temples out of the skulls themselves. So there's death everywhere. Yuck. It's the death everywhere. Yeah, it's 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 the serpent of the garden. Thou Mm -hmm. shalt not surely die. Did he say not to, you know, surely you're not going to die. It's the same thing. So it's all, it's death. Yeah. He didn't give all the details like this. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he didn't do that. So it's a, it's an interesting article uh, that says that, uh, you know, these, these sacrifices were taken to the temple. The priests uh, cut them down the middle, uh, reached in, took their beating hearts um, and put it in a bowl. And then, you know, that was held by one of their deities or their gods. And they did worship, you know, Quetzalcoatl was their main god. The bodies were then decapitated, and the priests removed the skin and muscles from the corpses' heads. Mm. The large holes were drilled, and they put the pole in there, and then they um, they had a rack of skulls, and they built that in front of the temple in, in a pyramid with two temples on top. And there's a video on this and everything like that. And then uh, once they started deteriorating, they would take it and actually use the uh, ground skull powders to make you know, the buildings and stuff like that. So it goes on and on, but it's pretty interesting. Um, but just to show that it's nothing new. Right. There's nothing new under the sun. You know, that's what Koala yep. says in Ecclesiastics. And that's basically what I read in scripture today. Yeah. It's all the same stuff, right, Ms. Capel? Mm-hmm. So, you know, you, you hear these uh, conspiracy theories, you know, on YouTube and these celebrities have to sacrifice somebody close to them to get the fame, to get the fortune, Right. Then they're racked with guilt and they do drugs and alcohol and and crash at age 27, right? Right. But, you know, you hear this stuff and you go, yeah, you know, I don't know. It's still required, you know, and um, some say that in order to get real power, real fame, real fortune, you have to sacrifice someone close to you, Mm -hmm. whether it be your child, you know, John Bonet Ramsey, whether it be, you know. I know it sounds crazy, mother, but I know. Yeah, so it's a fact. It's a fact. Nothing's. It hasn't changed. It's it's um ophite ophite worship, mm-hmm. worship of the serpent, the five pointed star, the dog star. It's everywhere. Look, look at the five pointed star. It is everywhere. It's on your American flag. It's on your on button. Your it's on here. It's everywhere. I'm right now in this room. Our ceiling fan. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so the, five blades. Yeah. It, well, the, the little clicker that you, you pull down mm-hmm. to control the fan itself, you know, one little clicker has a picture of a light bulb that shows you, oh, that controls the light. The other one has five blades. It's shaped like a little man's five-pointed star. Uh, why did they chose that? I don't know. Yeah. It's, every, it's just everywhere. Everywhere. Story number two, Miss Powell. Yes. It is. Masked men terrorize Texas family and burns child with hot water during the home invasion. Yes. This is in Texas. Yes. A three masked men terrorized a Texas family during a home invasion early Monday, and they even scolded a seven-year-old boy with hot water so that his parents could give them money. The Fort Bend's County Sheriff's Office said the incident took place in Richmond, which is about 30 miles southwest of Houston. Three men broke into their home with two adults and two kids around four in the morning Mm -hmm. and then used the victim's children to find money in the home. The masked men burned the young boy with um, scalding hot water, 
during the 30-minute ordeal in order to force the parents to tell them where their valuables were. Uh, the um, county sheriff said uh, the trauma on the small children that took place was very, very, very disturbing. So the men who are still being sought, they stole uh, jewelry, cash, a cell phone, some car keys, and they fled the scene. And the boy's father had suffered some head injuries, and uh, the authorities believe that there is a surveillance cam uh, video so that, um, you know, they'll be investigating that. It's a horrible thing at any you know, rate, any way you slice it, you know, to have your door kicked in at four in the morning, these guys wearing masks armed, they take your kid, you know, they demand money, they take kid and stay there for 30 minutes and pour hot water on them mm-hmm. until you, you know, you tell them where everything's at. Um, and you know, and you would read that and you'd go, well, wait a minute. You know, I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't get to the point where you had to pour hot water on my kid before I told you where the money, take the damn car keys and the cell phone and the money, right? right. Mm-hmm. You're not going to, so there could be more to this story, but this is all that that's written. This mm-hmm. is all that's written. So anyway, I, I want to just preface what I'm going to say, because any way you slice it, it's a horrible thing. It's very scary. And it just shows you where our society's at, right? Exactly. But I will tell you. Uh, when I worked in law enforcement, I handled several calls like this. This, this, I've ha- handled calls just like this: home invasion robberies, where the victims were tied up, mm. and um, money and things were stole. And it's a very scary thing for the community, you know, if something like this happens. Sure. But I will tell you, this is my my personal experience in this. Just, just my personal experience. I'm not saying it's like this all the time. Every one that I handled was drug related. Mm-hmm. They were they were not innocent people just sleeping at night and someone kicked in their door. The ones I handled, the other thing that was taken was drugs. Wow. Uh, it was either somebody who was selling drugs and they owed money or they used the product, you know, mm-hmm. um, that type of thing. I'm not saying this is the case. It sounds weird that you wouldn't tell these people where your valuables were for 30 minutes and they tortured your kid. Yeah. I, that don't make sense. Of course, all they reported to the police was, you know, cash, jewelry, a cell phone and car keys. Mm. Maybe they didn't report the other, you know, five kilos of cocaine. Right. I'm not saying that's the case. But sometimes it is either way you slice it. It's a horrible thing. It's a nasty world you live in, you know? Mm-hmm. And if that wasn't the case, if there wasn't drugs involved, I think that even makes it worse. Exactly. You know what I mean? Yes, 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 yes. But that's just uh, a little you know, opinion there. I want to talk about men wearing women's clothes, but first let's take a little holiday commercial break. Sure, darling. Okay, and we'll be right back. Demons in My Marriage Bed, a true story of spiritual warfare, changed the way my spouse and I conduct spiritual battle and has increased our alertness level to the tactics of Satan. This is an excellent training manual for building a stronger marriage by exposing the tactics your enemies use against you. From all online digital retailers, God bless you all. We are back from the commercial break. Whisk pow. Mm-hmm. Okay, here's the deal. Before I get on to this next story, Ms. I just want to give a little history here. Okay. I think you'll find fascinating. All right. Right? Uh-huh. In the fashion industry, okay, in the fashion industry, and I think everybody knows I'm just, I'm very fashionable. Yes. You know, t-shirts and mm, shorts and a pair of tennis shoes. Yeah. <laughs> okay, in the fashion industry, a garment that is cut on the bias Cut on the bias. That's a term. Dude, it's cut on the bias. <laughs> almost sounds like you know what you're talking about. I know. Dude, it's cut on the bias, man. This is cool. It's produced from fabric that has been cut against the grain. So a true bias cut is very difficult to make and work with, apparently, in the fashion industry. And so many home sewers don't even attempt it. But why would you cut a garment this way against the grain? Well, a garment cut against the bias has a distinctive look and feel, and it tends to flow more, and it feels feels more elastic, clings mm. to the body. 
The type of cut is often used. Now, this is important. It's often used on women's clothing, Mm. such as skirts and lingerie. And it's associated with flirty or sexy garments. Okay. Because very flowing and blah, blah, blah. So when a fabric is cut normally, the pattern is laid out along the grain of the weaving. And then the weaving lines run straight up and down, providing minimal elasticity and a very even garment. So to cut on the bias means the fabric is rotated and cut. It's made at a 45 degree angle and all this stuff. So this is fashion nonsense. But apparently the term cut on the bias could also be used for, you know, cutting your steak or your chicken against the grain or diagonally. Uh It's cut on the bias. So it's not just for the fashion industry. The term is used also in cooking and different things. Uh, Of course, for me, I like to use it for a personal thing. When they go, well, how do you feel today? I go, dude, I'm cutting on the bias. I'm feeling very flowy and energetic and very sexy. I'm cut on the bias today. So why that's important? Why is that important, pal? For our next story. Because on Yahoo.com, headlines read, Liberate men with satin and corsets. Liberate men with satin and corsets. And this is said by the fashion icon, Galliano. Right? right. <clears throat> I'm a man. I don't want to be liberated with satin and corsets. No. All right? Hey, women didn't even like to wear corsets. No. Little old men. And I don't care if it's cut against the bias or not. Mm-mm. I just, I don't care. You know, I want my pants to look like pants and my shirts to look like shirts. Leave me alone. Exactly. Leave me alone. All right. Uh, there's a picture of this uh, guy. You see this guy, this model? Yeah. Um, you know, our uh, one of our listeners and um, guys who follow us on Facebook, Robert Shook, Shook. He commented on this picture and he said, did you notice all the Egyptian symbology on this mm-hmm. guy? I said, yeah, good observation, man. And this guy has... Right on his chest, it's this big, it's an owl, but it's a winged creature. The model himself looks very Egyptian with the makeup and the eye. And he has some weird Egyptian stuff on his forehead. His hair is in these Egyptian cornrows. And and on his left side of his neck, his left side, you can just see the first two words tattooed S-A. Yeah. I wonder if the rest of it's Satan. I'm not sure. Um, and he has a big red bow, like a, where his heart should be. Kind of like the Aztec um, taking the, the beating heart out yep. to sacrifice. That's what we're talking about. Mm-hmm. So this is, uh, you know, it's it's Satan's little kingdom. It's his, dude, this is his little matrix. Let him have his fun until the end. You know, because mm-hmm. then he's going to be thrown in a pit. He's going to fly around for like, what, a thousand years flying in circles? Until he's released again for a short time. <laughs> to find him in the lake of fire. This is all he's got. You know? Kelly and I going to die. Eat, eat the fruit. So this is uh, from Paris, not Paris, California, but Paris, France, Paris. That was a that was a ghetto joke mm-hmm. that no one got unless you're from California. I got it. Paris is a whole, so that's why I said Pretty it. Ugly. John Galliano set out Friday to redefine 21st century masculinity, Miss Capow, mm. with corsets, sensual satins, and vinyl trousers. And his idea is to liberate men from their sartorial or sartorial shackles. Okay? We need right. to be liberated by dressing girly. <laughs> That's exactly what he's, he's done. Mm-hmm. British designer's new collection for Moisson Mosiella at Paris, Men's Fashion Week. Anything to demasculate men, right? Yes, exactly. Take the role out. Remember... Jesus Christ is the head, covers the man. The man covers the lady. Oh, not in this world. Not in this world. We'll get rid of Jesus Christ. We already got rid of that. Then we'll get rid of the man. Hey, you women are just out there flapping in the wind, (laughs) letting the demons come in. Just send your antenna out there and pick them all up. Well, that's exactly what happens, especially when men don't take the role of priest in their homes. The British designer's new collection blurred the lines between genders Mm-mm. not only blurred them but it blew them away with guess what shiny pink ribbon belts mm. 
and a hot couture decadence that rarely treads the male catwalk. Wow. All this has been inspired, Ms. Capel, by genderless fashion boutiques. Mm. Here's the main crux of the story. These genderless fashion boutiques, folks, are now springing up in London and elsewhere. Everywhere. Genderless fashion boutiques. So you go to the mall with your man. He goes, hey, I need some more Levi's and some JCPenney t-shirts. And you go into the genderless store. Now, right? Galliano put out on a podcast. See, he has a podcast too. And he explained how he's plotting. That's the word they use, plotting. Yeah, see, that's such a bad word. Yes. But he said, I'm plotting to release men from the straight jackets of suits and streetwear. And here's how he talks, because he he talks like this. I think he's Italian. He goes, I have been questioning myself. I have been trying to redefine what it means to me masculine today. Really? I don't know. Really, Galliano? Really? The designer urged men to learn from women how to feel both classy and comfortable. Really? Yeah. I have to learn from women how to how to be classy and comfortable at the same time that I'm classy. How do I do that? By wearing corsets and satin and pink belts. Well, apparently this guy revolutionized Dior and Gavinci. And he fell from grace because he was um, he had a drunken anti-Semitic outburst in 2011, apparently. Mm-hmm. But he said, fine tailoring cut on the bias. See, there's that's why I read to you yes. the term. It's fine tailoring cut on the bias could be the key to revolutionizing men's wardrobes with a new, sexier, freer feel. And that's why I read that to you. It's used for women's clothes and the specifically sexy lingerie and stuff. So what he's doing is dressing men in lingerie. And this is this whole cut on the bias. And he says it's as easy as wearing no clothes at all. Here's what he says. You ready, Miss Kapow, for the accent? Yes. It's mercurial, like wicked to wear. Liquid, that's what he said. It's mercurial, <laughs> like liquid to wear. It's as easy as wearing no clothes at all. It's that liberating. Wow. <laughs> he says, all my girlfriends have, like, this guy has girlfriends. Yeah. What, you, you know friggin' he's... liar, right? You mm-hmm. have a girl. Well, you might have girls that are friends, but your queer's a $2 bill, Galliano. Unless his male friends are his girlfriends. Yeah, that could be. That could be it, too. All my girlfriends have experienced it. But to my young dudes, I'm doing the fittings on. It's a revelation. It's just so light. The feeling of a waistband or tailoring cutting into you is gone. So that's a whole bit. Gross. So he's um, he's overturning uh, social taboos. He's surrounded by young people in a studio. And he says, this is a quote. He says, for them, gay marriage is a historical event. The abolition of the ban of abortion in Ireland is history. It's a completely different mindset. Okay, so um, who's he worshiping? You know, it's satanic. Mm-hmm. It's all it's all against the law of God. So the people he's around, uh, they're they're gay, gay marriage. They want to kill their babies. You know, the whole bit. Now they're they, you know he wants them to, to dress the men to dress like uh, women and get rid of it and that's that's the only reason why this article is important it's just it's the whole mindset coming to a mall to you right anything to add on that Ms. Pell? no no disgusting no. huh mm-hmm. you don't want to see me in a corset do you oh no how about satin about what how about satin no do you no. want me to be classy and comfortable I want you to be comfortable. So sit there, you know, with my hand halfway down my pants watching TV, <laughs> eating uh, chips, <laughs> farting on the couch. That's comfort, that's, my friend. That's the you. That's man know. living right there. Miss mm-hmm. <sighs> Capal, you heard of the term cognitive dissonance? I have. Let me read. From the experts at Wikipedia, exactly what cognitive dissonance is. It's a good idea. It's fascinating. Because this, my friend, will set up the next story 
about one of my favorite topics, goofy Christians doing goofy things. Okay? And it explains a lot of things. Explains it, Lucy. Yeah. Yeah, explains it. In the field of psychology, cognitive dissonance is the mental discomfort, okay, or called psychological stress. Mm-hmm. It's a mental discomfort, discomfort experienced by a person who simultaneously holds two or more contradictory beliefs, ideas, or values. Okay? Sounds like what the Bible says is double-mindedness. Yes, doesn't it? Oh, unstable in all their ways. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Just saying. Yeah. You're holding two or more, simultaneously holding two or more ideas or beliefs or values that contradict each other. So what that does, it causes mental discomfort, psychological stress. So in other words, you're a Christian and you were raised a Christian or your grandma, you know, read you read to you the Bible, whatever. You're Christian. But then you decide, well, I'm gay because, you know, you, you've, you've given to the crap you've heard at high school or college or, you know, you're a millennial and you think you can do both, whatever. And now you're gay and now you're trying to justify it biblically. But you know what? You know, you can't. Mm-hmm. You know, you know what's on there and you, and you know that sodomy is not, but you're, well, you know, it's a temple project. Above. That's called cognitive dissonance. You're trying to hold one belief that you could be Christian and sin at the same time. And so there's a way that us humans get around the mental discomfort, mm-hmm. but that's cognitive dissonance. Capish? Capish. Okay. So... The occurrence of cognitive dissonance is a consequence of a person performing an action that contradicts personal beliefs, ideals, and values. And it also occurs when confronted with new information, like the like the Kapow Radio Show or Freedom Friday, that contradicts said beliefs, ideals, and values. Mm-hmm. Right? So when you listen to Kapow Radio Show or Freedom Friday and we're telling you the truth of Scripture, it's like, oh, it hurts. Oh, that's hard listening. Oh, it contradicts. Mm-hmm. Your your libtard, corset, satin wearing, freaky, stupid self, right? Mm-hmm. So it's it's a theory. It's a theory. So what happens is when people and I'm going somewhere with this, Miss Capel. Oh, of course, I am. You are. I know. What happens is when people experience cognitive dissonance because of that, they will do certain things, right, in order to reduce that discomfort because human beings strive for internal internal psychological consistency in order to function in this real world right mm-hmm. you, in order to function you got to have some consistency so if you're if you're experiencing all these internal inconsistencies you become psychologically uncomfortable right. so now you, you're motivated to reduce that cognitive dissonance by making changes to justify the stressful behavior either by adding new parts to the cognition right you're Mm -hmm. adding to it like i'm gay and i can be christian because the bible really doesn't say that it's talking about temple prostitution is not about love between two men basically you're compromising your conscience yeah exactly and what does the bible say about your conscience being seared Mm -hmm. it also says god Delivers you over to a strong delusion. Yeah. Oh, that, oh, I'm making somebody uncomfortable right now. You're experiencing dissonance. <laughs> I don't like it. So you're trying to make changes to justify by adding new parts to the cognition that's causing the psychological dissonance or, or, or by actively avoiding those situations and contradictory information, like just turning off the Kapow radio show and not listening to Freedom Friday anymore, right? Mm -hmm. Because that's likely to increase the magnitude of your cognitive dissonance, (laughs) right? Mm -hmm. Now, I'm almost done, but this is good. It goes goes into some, quite a bit of stuff, but I just wanna touch on reduction, the way people reduce. So the theory says that people seek psychological consistency consistency between their personal expectations of life and the existential reality of the world, you know, blah, blah, blah. And they have to function. 
So when they experience the stress, they try to reduce it. And there's four ways they reduce it. Four ways. Um, one is you could change the behavior or the cognition, right? So in other words, I've been lied to and Satan's trying to get me to sin. And I'll use the example of homosexuality. Satan's trying to get me to sin and be a homosexual Christian, but I know it's wrong. And so what I'm going to do is repent, ask for forgiveness and have the Lord Jesus Christ to make me a new creature. Right? Mm-hmm. That's number one. You can change the behavior of the cognition. Two, you can justify the behavior of the cognition by changing the conflicting cognition. All right? In other words, um, I'm a Christian, but I'm also gay and I'm allowed to be gay now and then because I love this guy and and love is God is love. Right? Right. Three, you could justify the behavior or the cognition by adding new cognitions. So I studied the Bible hard on this and the Bible doesn't say anything against uh, sodomy or lesbian, but it does, you know, it just, it talks about the temple prostitutes. Mm. And so it's wrong to be a temple prostitute or to be promiscuous, but we're not promiscuous because we're in a relationship and we love each other and God is love, mm-hmm. right? Number four, you can ignore or deny the information that conflicts with the existing beliefs, all right? And you could say, God totally approves of sodomy. Yeah. This is a special circumstance. Yeah. So that's that's cognitive dissonance. And I, I would say we all should kind of, you know, kind of get that in our heads because uh, we all do that as humans. And I think as Christians, you certainly can apply this quite a bit to your Christian walk because you don't, you don't like what God said or what he's asking you to do or, you know, what the word said, right? Mm-hmm. So I read all this to, read, to, to say this. From yahoo.com. In the age of Trump, they always got to throw Trump in there. Of course. Evangelicals, evangelicals. These are these are Christians, folks, right? Evangelical Christians. They're not Catholics Christians. They're not Mormon Christians. They're evangelical Christians. They back self-styled top U.S. pimp for political what? office. Mm-hmm. Harump, Nevada is pretty close to where we live. Mm-hmm. It's up the street. Um, Vegas is expanding into Pahrump, Nevada. Pahrump, Nevada is in a county. I think it's in Lyon County, L-Y-O-N. Mm. Prostitution has been legal in the state of Nevada since the 70s. It's been around since 1800s, Right. Prostitution is illegal. It's not illegal. It's reg- it's just like marijuana. It's regulated and taxed. And so you have you have cat houses, prostitution. So this uh this gentleman, he's from Pahrump. He calls himself the Trump of Pahrump. And he styles himself as America's best-known pimp. He's a strip club owner and he runs multiple brothels. Now, Everybody knows what a brothel is, right? It's a house of prostitution. It's legal prostitution. He's not doing anything illegally. Is he sex trafficking? Is he in a business that probably Christians shouldn't endorse? Uh, Yeah. I'm going to say, yeah, I don't have cognitive dissonance with this at all. Mm -mm. Um. He is in a business where women sell their bodies to anybody for a price. That's their choice. But it's not Christian. That's, it, it, wouldn't, it wouldn't be the mind of Christ to do so or support that. So he style, he, uh, he runs these, these uh, multiple brothels and he is set he looks like he's set to win a seat as a Republican in a Nevada state legislator. <laughs> and he has the blessing, blessing, okay, of many conservative Christian voters. Mm-hmm. This is where I want to take you in the article. This is the cognitive dissonance, right? Just like Ms. Kapow just said. Wow. 
right? We should all be saying, wow, mm-hmm. right? All of us. So how can he get the blessing of conservative Christian voters? His name is Dennis Hoff, H-O-F. And his political rise reflects the fundamental changes in electoral norms that have roiled the Republican Party and upended American politics during the era of Donald Trump. You got to throw Trump in there. And so Hoff, yeah, he's, he's writing Trump's coattails. He's 71 years old. He says, quote, this really is the Trump movement. And he, he gave an interview from his Moonlight Bunny Ranch near Carson City, Nevada, northern Nevada. And um, he also had a uh, show where the, the Bunny Ranch was featured on an HBO reality television series called Cat House. I recognize that name. I remember a show like that yeah. not too long ago. Uh, people will set aside, he says, for a moment, their moral beliefs. Now, this is important. He says they'll set aside their religious beliefs to get somebody that is honest in office. <laughs> I don't know this guy. He he might be the, the most honest guy in the world. You know, I don't know. But what he does for a living, even though it's legal... It's not biblical. And if everybody else in the world wants to support, okay. But as a as an evangelical Christian? Yeah. No. You don't have any business doing that. No. And this and, guy's been accused of raping his prostitutes. Yeah. So. Yeah, he has. Uh, of, um, no. of Is that honest? I don't think so. Yeah, being um, uh, physically mm-hmm. and sexually abusive. So... It says, when news broke that Hoff had won the nominating contest for a state assembly seat, this is just back on the 12th of June, evangelical pastor Victor Fuentes, Victor Fuentes, people, he's an evangelical pastor. You know what he said? He closed his eyes and prayed. And you're reading this going, yeah, he prayed that. Oh, my God, Lord. Oh, what's this nation coming to? We can't have a pimp. No, he did not ask God to deliver Nevada and the Republic Party from Hoff, who's been divorced three times. He's also the author of The Art of the Pimp, oh. like The Art of the Deal with Trump, yeah. Art of the Pimp. He, th- he calls himself trump a rump mm. That's what he calls himself. So the guy's pretty kind of weird. It's pretty arrogant. In yeah. Opinion. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Although Christian groups have long rallied against the state's legal brothel industry, Fuentes, Pastor Fuentes, was willing to overlook Hoff's history as a champion of the flesh trade and give thanks for his victory. See, what does light have with darkness, right? Exactly. It's called mm-hmm. biblical cognitive dissonance. <laughs> mm-hmm. BCD, right? BCD, it's a new phrase. Let's coin it. The guy's got BCD. Biblical cognitive dissonance. See, he's holding two, he's a pastor. I'm a Christian. I, I lead people to God. I help. But mm. here's a guy who's running a cat house, prostitution. But I, how do I hold these two conflicting ideas in my head? I know I'll compromise my faith. <laughs> So people want to know, this is what Fuente says. He says, quote, people want to know how an evangelical can support a self-proclaimed pimp. Yeah. This is what, what Fuente says. And he, he, he lives in Parump, by the way. Pastor Fuentes lives in Parump. <laughs> and, um, and that's where this Hoff guy is favored to win. And he said the reason was simple. Pastor Fuentes, using cognitive dissonance, and he doesn't even know what what happened to him, said this, quote, we have politicians. They might speak good words, not sleep with prostitutes, be a good neighbor. But by their decisions, they have evil in their heart. Dennis Hoff is not like that. (laughs) The pastor said he felt Hoff would protect religious rights among other things. 
Remember the four things I read on cognitive dissonance? That was one of them. Justify, change your uh, belief, change your reality to make it fit. He, he justified it. Uh, for, forget the Bible, forget who I am or what it was. You know, there's politicians that don't have any of this, but they're crook. But this guy's going to be cool. It's like Miss Kapow, like you said, light with darkness. Mm. Right? I think it's, I think it's weird. So uh, in, in Hoff's Republican leaning district, apparently seven evangelicals said they they voted for him because they believed he, like Trump, is a wealthy businessman and political outsider and that he would clean up politics and not be beholden to special interest groups and their money. I'll tell you what he's going to be beholden to. Legal prostitution, mm-hmm. gambling and drinking and mafioso activities. Are you stupid? <laughs> of course. You freaking morons, man. And here's what Mr. Hoff says. Remember you said that he sounds like he's arrogant? Mm-hmm. This is a quote from him. He says, I'm kind of rich, I'm kind of famous, and I'm surrounded by hot chicks. I don't give a damn what anybody says about me. Wow. End of quote. Wow. So let's vote this guy in in the state legislature. Uh, because he sounds like the kind of guy uh, you want up there. Because, uh, yeah, he's going to fight for gun. Of course, he's, of course he says that. He's gonna, he knows enough to say what he... Oh. Evangelical Christians, Pastor Fuentes, and he's on the paper. I wonder, I wonder how many people he's going to lose from his congregation. Do you think he'll lose any, Miss Capel? I doubt it. We support our pastor because he's a man of God. Cognitive dissonance, see? Biblical cognitive dissonance. I'm kind of rich. I'm kind of famous. I'm surrounded by hot chicks. I don't give a damn what anybody says about me. And the source of Hoff's wealth, he owns a strip club and five legal brothels. <laughs> but the Christians don't care. Uh, and like you said, Ms. Cabal, he was uh, he had allegations by several women that he sexually abused them. Of course, he denies it. Of course. Uh, there was a former sex worker's claim. The, the term means a prostitute. Former prostitute said that he raped and choked her several years ago. Jesus, Lord. Uh, but the voters that were interviewed by Reuters, they dismissed them as lies. Those are lies. Those are lies. How about Hoff himself? Do you think Hoff claims he's a Christian? Well, it says here that he was reluctant to discuss his own Christian faith. You know what he said? Hmm. Quote, he says, I don't share my beliefs with the public. I don't feel the need to go to church on a regular basis. There you have it. Conservative evangelical Christians. Is that amazing? Mm. Yeah. Yeah. So Hoff, apparently Hoff beat a three-term incumbent legislator. (laughs) Even as the party activists we're pushing to get Hoff's legal brothel shut down. There's a, there's, um, I guess it's going to go to vote where they're going to try to um, outlaw uh, the brothels. Mm-hmm. You think he, you think Hoff might be motivated uh, to get in the state legislator? Yeah. Uh, regarding his, his business. Uh, yeah, I think that's his motivation, right? But, there. but these idiots, these Christian idiots, think, well, he's for gun rights and he's for the children and what you know. My God, it's one thing to have, cog- okay, it's one thing to have cognitive dissonance, biblical cognitive dissonance. It's another thing to just be a plain idiot, mm-hmm. just to be a fool, a fool walking around on two friggin' legs, <laughs> just a fool, just a moron. That's it's, it's one thing to be just biblically ignorant and cognitive dissonant, nothing to be a fool. Really? In the process of outlawing prostitution. And all of a sudden, the guy who owns the prostitution wants to to be the guy who's making the laws. Huh. Yeah. But he's honest. 
Voters in Lyon County, where he operates, four of his brothels will be asked in November if they want the businesses closed. I don't think the Trump or Perump's going to allow that, do you? <laughs> and like I said, they've been around since 1800. They were legalized in the 70s. Um, now, we live in Clark County. That's Las Vegas also. Las Vegas, Clark County, and where we're at, Clark County. Prostitution is not legal in Clark County. It's not mm-hmm. legal in Las Vegas or Reno. So, um, but in these other counties, they are. Let's see. Here's one voter. Her name is Debbie Thomas. Uh, they don't say if she was an evangelical or not, but she's a voter. And she said she signed a petition to shutter the brothels, right? So mm-hmm. she didn't want the brothels anymore, but she also backed off. What's that <laughs> called? It's called cognitive dissonance, people. You see what I mean? She's holding two opposing views. The guy who owns the brothels, I signed a petition to get rid of those things that he owes, but I also backing him as a politician. (laughs) It, It boggles my mind. It really does. The stupidity of the human today. Yeah. It's absolutely, we live in the movie Idiocracy. It's unbelievable. I'm still going to get a t-shirt that says I'm surrounded by idiots. And it's, and I'm not bright. I'm not bright. I'm just like an average guy, but around me, it's incredible. Listen to this, Debbie Hoff. So she campaigned on issues, including repealing the Nevada's commerce tax that I'm sorry, that Hoff campaigned on that to repeal uh, Nevada's commerce tax. I'm not going to talk about that. That's a stupid thing protecting gun rights and improving education. They all do that. Every politician, I'm going to improve education Mm -hmm. and protecting residents' water rights against the federal government. So though she doesn't, though she doesn't want the the, the brothels, she wants this guy in the seat of lawmaking who owns the brothels. And she, she doesn't get it. She can't put two and two together. She's, she's, she's just a walking stick. She's, she's, She's broccoli, Miss Capel. <laughs> She's just a, a walk, just walking broccoli. You know, you know how boring. Or a limp noodle. Just a limp noodle. You know how boring and, and, and dull a limp noodle is? Mm-hmm. And even the color of a limp noodle is dull. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, so anyway, this Hoff guy's gotten a mixed reception from uh, Republicans, I wonder. Uh, some of them don't like him. Some won't uh, support him. Uh, blah, blah, blah. Trump uh, hasn't extended uh, anything. Uh, to him now here's a guy his name is Paul Goulette and he's a pastor and he leads the International Church of Las Vegas and apparently that's a huge mega church International Church of Las Vegas and he said Pastor Goulette said he was disappointed the brothel owner had earned a spot on the general election ballot mm-hmm. and he said here's a mega church pastor a mega church pastor says, for me, it goes back to faith and values. He said in a telephone interview, he says, quote, Hoff has a profession making money out of young women who sell their bodies for sexual favors. It's demeaning to women. I can't wrap my brain around supporting someone who does that. Huh. <laughs> so he doesn't, you know, this this pastor doesn't even use the Bible or anything. He just uses common sense. Mm-hmm. Um, but others, others, were willing to set aside the morality test of the past to back off, to, to back him. And then when this guy does get on there and then gets voted in and then makes, produces more brothels, then these people are going to start crying again. Oh, yeah. And, and not understand what yeah. happened. Yeah. Yeah. Because cause they're noodles. Just broccoli and noodles walking around. Robert Thomas is a retired prosecutor and he's an evangelical who along with his wife, Debbie, Debbie, Bible Debbie, they voted for Hoff. And they said that Hoff's brothels, don't check this out. Here's cognitive dissonance. Listen (laughs) to these two Christians. They said that the brothels, quote unquote, bother me a lot. But he, Robert Thomas, said he was willing to overlook them. And you he know says, why? Because Dennis Hoff seems to me to be a man of his word, and he does what he says. There you have it. 
just because you're a good businessman at running prostitution doesn't mean you're going to be a good guy up in the state legislator. And, I, you know, regular people that have cognitive dissonance, okay, I I, under, I get it, you know. You don't get, but we have, we have scripture. We have wisdom. We have the words of God. We have teaching. We have precept built upon precept. And you're, and you're going to just justify that. You're just going to, you know, on the, um, comments below, there's two of them that, um, they're pretty funny. One says, I'm not sure how to react. And before this, I always had a comment or two. And the other one says, two years ago, I would have not, I would have been shocked. Now, not so much. <laughs> That's and the other guy says, uh, pimping ain't easy. <laughs> oh, I mean, it's sad. You know, two years ago, I would have been shocked. Now, it's not so disgusting. much. It really, yeah. really is. It's just, mm. And the purpose, the purpose of this show, tell that story, is not for regular people that want to vote for a pimp or a brothel owner. Uh, you know, to be on, uh, on the state legislator. I'm talking about evangelical Christians, Pastor Fuentes and, and Prosecutor Thomas, uh, retired Prosecutor Thomas, or Christians who who are who basically are repulsed by what this guy does for for a living. But it's cool. And you think it's okay? Dude. I mean, they're they're giving their names and their and their and their you know spewing out these stupid words. Like it's nothing. Nothing. And and there's no um, concern about the besmearing of the gospel of Christ or your stance in Christianity or anything. Yeah. Amazing, huh? I find it very amazing. BCD, biblical cognitive dissonance. That's what it is, folks. It's a, it's a mental disorder because you're mentally weak. And you can't make a damn decision on your own truth. I don't think. I don't think. Yeah, I was going to start talking about Judgment Day, but but see, does it matter? But they're they're on a very slippery slope. Oh yeah, they slid down that slope. You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, come on. You know, here's the sheep and the goats. Welcome. Come in, my good and faithful servant. You did. Oh, when did you give me? I didn't give you a cup of water. When did you give me? Well, you did at least to my little ones. Oh, then. Oh, here's Pastor Fuentes and his other clowns. Oh, we're going to come in, Jesus. No, you're not. I never knew you. I never knew who you are. Who 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 are you, Pastor Fuentes? You set aside the gospel of Christ. You bespeared my name. Who knows how many people you led astray? And hey, you're gonna vote, you're gonna vote for uh, for a guy who uh, abuses women as uh, sex uh, sex trafficking, uh, you know, and everything that goes along with it because you think he's an honest guy. Why do you got to bring? Why do you got to bring your your the Christian? Why do you got to bring Jesus's name in all this stuff? Yeah, Pastor Fuentes. Wow. But you know, just being a little harsh. Of course, everybody's going to get in because God's love. God loves everybody. Stop. <laughs> he loves everybody. Okay. Well, those are some really good stories. They we're pretty good, man. Not bad. Not bad for a Freedom Friday. Mm, mm. Let's say good night. We'll uh, come back later. All right. All right. Ciao, babies. <laughs>